Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome to part two of Bryant and Colonial, an Alabama podcast for Alabama people, part of the Armchair Media Network. My next guest is another dear friend of mine, uh, one of the stewards of Gump Twitter, uh, a two-time Alabama grad, and if you didn't know this, she does live in New York City. Um, ladies and gentlemen, welcome in Esther Scott Workman. How are you doing tonight? Hey, oh, I'm so good. I'm clearly making a name for myself. <laughs> it's something, something like that. It's great. It's great to have you on. Um, Esther's a loyal listener and supporter of the podcast, um, and uh, it's it's kind of funny. I'll let her tell the story of how we met later on, but. Uh, First, um, Esther, ask all my first-time guests this. How did you first become an Alabama fan? What's your fan story? Ooh, okay. It's really not that exciting, I don't feel like. Um, I was born into it. My parents um, kind of indoctrinated me by fire um, at a very young age. Um, I was dragged to Tuscaloosa football games um, in my little toddler you know, elephant outfit. Um, I remember getting stung by a bee outside of the old Ferg, old Ferg, we're <laughs> oh. talking like 90s Ferg. God. Um, when I was like six or seven, um, I do remember in high school because we had season tickets growing up, we went all the time in high school. I started to think I was like a little too good for it. And mm. I didn't go every Saturday. I would just kind of like, I want to hang out with my friends instead. Yeah. And very quickly, that that was silly, and of course, that was when we started getting really good per Nick Saban entering the conversation. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, then I went to school there. Fell in love with it. Still fall in love with it every single day. Um, but yeah, just kind of a as many uh, people who grew up in Alabama, it was just kind of the the way right. that I was taught. Do you remember your first Alabama game? Ooh, um, I I will say the one that I first remember um, was actually, oh God, we played Iowa in Shreveport, Louisiana at the Independence Bowl. Am I remembering that correctly? Ooh, I in like two thousand. I think it was. Oh, that's a deep cut for me because I know we played Colorado in that game. I think that was. It definitely wasn't Colorado. No, I think that was Saban. I think it was in Iowa. That's. Let me look up the 2001. But you. So you were in Shreveport back in 2001. I am so sorry. Went to Shreveport. Yes, I am as well. Now that I know what Shreveport is all about, I was like, oh, okay. Um, But I've got an article. I, I have the article right here. The 2001 Independence Bowl between the Alabama Crimson Tide and the Iowa State Cyclones. There it is. Yeah. So that is the one I first remember. And the thing I remember about it. (laughs) Yes. God bless America. The thing I remember about it is not anything about the game, to be honest with you. I remember walking out of the stadium 
and seeing all of the dejected Iowa State fans. And I remember I walked up to one of them and like apologized for the fact that we like beat them so badly. Because again, at that point, I, I didn't realize. And in 2001, we like weren't even good. So the fact that I felt bad that we had like barely won the game. Oh, God. We won handily, but that we won it um, just because we had had such a bad season. I was like, sorry, but oh, no. have a good trip home. This this game was close. So th- so that kind of you know illustrates your character. The game was 14 to 13. Alabama won it. So that that really underscores your character. That little um, seven eight year old Esther was just like apologizing to Iowa State fans outside the stadium. Well, the difference is that she would never apologize to any fan now, regardless of the um, the deficit of the win and loss. <laughs> so um, she's come a long way. Mm-hmm. I apologize to no Kentucky fans this past weekend. I will not apologize to Auburn fans or anyone else. So, you know, she's she's come very far, I'd right. say. So, you know, I was going to ask you about that. You were in Tuscaloosa for the game this weekend. How was that? What was the city like? I know you were in Galette's for at least a little bit. What's what's the game day dynamic now? Ooh, so, yeah, it was definitely weird. Um, there's, you know, practically nobody around campus. Um, you can drive pretty much everywhere. Obviously, there's a few main roads like around the stadium that are blocked, but no traffic, um, no line to get into Galette's. They did have a cover, which I thought was a little odd. On I guess game that was the way day? They, I, on game day. I know you've never heard of that before. It's always free and mm-hmm. um, the drinks are a dollar a piece. But um, yes, as a very rare occurrence, they did have a cover. Um, and yeah, but once you got inside, it was very which was actually kind of nice because normally you can't like breathe or move at Galette's mm-hmm. and I didn't hate it. Um, got a drink very easily, sat down, you know, had a few left when I went about my way. Um, but yeah, heading into the stadium, um, it, it was pretty dang empty. I think obviously, you know, we're normally at 25% capacity. So what is that? 20, 25 K. Yeah. A little, maybe 25 and change, but about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, apparently there were, I want to say 10 to 11 K there on Saturday. Um, yeah. So it was, I mean, it was sparse and it, I mean, it looked sparse on the TV and previous games, but it felt very sparse. It was so quiet. They had this like fake crowd noise being pumped in that just kept it from sounding, you know, like a total like cemetery graveyard. Mm -hmm. Um, but it was also just really funny because it's like white noise just as everyone's sitting there right. playing on their phone. Or just <laughs> not, I mean, the environment was nothing like I'd ever seen before. So I'm glad I got to kind of experience a COVID game day. Um, but uh, at the same time, it was so good to be back. Um, I got to see a lot of friends. I got to just be in the place that I love and, um, you know, see the Mac attack in person. Of course. Um, watched many a Devonte touchdown in the South zone. So it was overall a really great day, beautiful weather, just good stuff all around. That, that's one thing that, you know, I'm really upset about that pretty much every game day that's been in Tuscaloosa, the, cause I still have the Tuscaloosa on my weather app, you know, obviously um, every game day has just looked immaculate weather wise this entire season. And it's, yeah. you know, it, it's, Crazy that we just can't have like a perfect game, a full Bryant Denny on a perfect game day. It's sad, but 
Yeah, no, I, it was, it would have been the perfect day with like a packed stadium, you know, everybody in town, the normal routine. Um, but again, I got into galettes with no line and I got into chucks with no weight after the game. What? So I- it, I'm telling you, it was magical certain way and very depressing in others. The weight so, of Chucks is longer on like a Tuesday night. It, it is. It, I walked right in. And you got right at cow. That's good for you. I, I'm most impressed that you were able to walk into Galette's on a game day, order a drink and sit down. Um, that's that's mm-hmm. probably the most impressive thing I've heard in this entire experience. But uh, I'm glad you had that experience. Now, there were 21 days in between Alabama football games, which is the longest non-bowl layoff I think we've ever had. Um, so what did you do? Did you pick up a new hobby? You know, just any new interest? How did you spend your um, three weeks off from Bama football? What did I do? Okay, so I'm trying to remember. Mississippi State weekend. Um, Halloween, I was in a wedding. Mm-hmm. Um then the weekend after that, which would have been, um, oh my god, uh, oh my god, who are we supposed to play? I totally forgot. Oh, it was LSU, Esther. LSU, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, and they got COVID because they had a Halloween party and coughed all over each other because mm-hmm. they were scared of us. Um, so that weekend, I actually was in the city and went to a um cidery up in warwick new york which i would highly recommend if anyone is ever in the mood for a fall weekend um there was apple picking there were pumpkins there was cider and country music so it felt a little bit like um elmore county alabama in a way um so it was a little bit of home a little bit of upstate new york um which was really beautiful um i did enjoy that and then weekend oh my god what did i do then oh i just hung out with some friends in birmingham i drove over um to see amy you know amy yes um and checking on her we love amy um so i just had kind of a birmingham weekend since i'm now back at home for the holidays um and then on that sunday watch the entire season four of the crown yeah because if you haven't watched it, I know you started it, but for any of the listeners, mm-hmm. it is on your to-do list at the very top, prioritized with like stars all around it. 10 out of 10, film and TV. I, you know, I was very hesitant to start The Crown um, for a long, long time for a number of reasons. Number one, it's just a lot. It's a lot of episodes to get caught up on. Um, but I, I finally started in sort of my haze um, in the hours after Alabama beat Kentucky. I was like, you know what? I'm going to start the crowd. I've been saying that for a while. I'm going to do it. Nobody told me that John Lithgow was Winston Churchill and that Vanessa Kirby was Princess Margaret. If I had that information from day one, I would have been all in. But people just neglect You're right. me that. Sorry. I really thought that Claire Foy being the queen was enough. But yes, there is, it is a cast like you cannot beat it and season or the second cast for season three and four is also Mm -hmm. a list so when you get there i know you're excited about um a few of those as well but it's it's really you can't beat it yeah i need more than one star claire is great but i I need you know a 
I need a good supporting cast as well. And obviously she's got it. You know, the, I think season the era that season four covers is really, really interesting to me. It always has been. Um, so the um, I follow the Crown's Instagram account and the attention to detail that the show has is incredible. I mean, they're literally plucking these outfits, you know, by the thread um, and just replicating them with ease. So good for Netflix. Don't say that a lot, but, you know, good for them. <laughs> I was going to say, I feel like the quality is always very, very hit or miss. And I mean, like, like emphasis on the very either it's the crown and it's impeccably done or it's i mean i don't want to really hate on emily in paris but like you just like look at the two and you're like these are not the same <laughs> and they're not the same they both got renewed for new seasons so <laughs> and they both got renewed <laughs> so who's who's really dumb here still nothing okay so esther we've we've got to talk about it um you know this is probably one of the bigger, cooler, and more interesting things you've ever done, um, especially, you know, in the last few months. Fits out for the tide. Um, we, we we need kind of an oral history on how you came about, you know, the process, you know, building just the brand of the account, because it's become like an institution in Bama Twitter. Oh, wow. You're so kind. Um, so, yeah, fits out for the tide. So... Let's go back to late July, early August, 2020. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows if football is going to be played, right? Everyone's, we're assuming the worst. We're thinking that, you know, it's a wash and we're all just going to be fiddling our thumbs on Saturdays from now on. Um, and, you know, everyone on the Twitter is just kind of going back and forth about, um, you know, what do we do if we don't have football? Um, you know, what do we live for? Mm-hmm. What's the plan? Yeah. How, how does no, life no, go on? Nothing for me. I don't, I mean, this is all I got pretty much. Yeah. I mean, I, I would have done, um, I honestly don't know. Cause that's how I feel in the spring when there's no football already. And that's like part of how it goes. It's just like, Oh, we're it's spring now. Um, cause obviously there's basketball and baseball and softball, but, um, I, Saturdays just revolve around one thing. Mm-hmm. That's, that's just the truth. So anyway, um, a lot of people were chatting back and forth about, you know, kind of how they would keep the game day tradition alive, even if there wasn't a game and what would we all tweet about? And, um, anyway, someone made a comment about how, you know, how much of the culture of college football, especially in the South and for Alabama and so many other SEC schools is kind of the outfit and the dressing up and the drinking and just turning it into this very um, formal, if you will, occasion, just as opposed to wearing a t-shirt, grabbing a beer and like sitting on your couch. Yeah. Um, And so anyway, someone was saying that, you know, we needed to keep game day outfits alive and well. And um, Brian OU specifically, we love him. Happy late birthday. Friend of the pod, Brian. Um, love you, Brian. Friend of the pod, longtime listener, longtime friend. Um, he specifically said something about we need kind of an outfit Twitter, somewhere somewhere where people can um, show off their outfits, mm-hmm. you know, get excited, cheer on the tide, and everyone feels like there's kind of still a community. And – you know, I took it upon myself to think of a witty name and I, I didn't want to kind of jump to something really quickly. 
Um, but I finally came back and um, maybe listeners have heard of tits out for the tide. Yes. Um, so I just very simply changed a single letter <laughs> and made fits out for the tide. And again, it has now turned into a Twitter where people submit their game day photos. Um, people have sent in TikToks. People have sent in videos. People have sent in pictures of their dog, pictures of their grandma, like their mask that's Alabama themed. Like it's been really fun for me to kind of aggregate everything each week. Um, because also depending on the opponent, um, and you know, the weather, you get a lot of different and interesting, um, posts, a lot of people that kind of wear the same thing each week and have like their lucky outfit versus people that, um, again, get a little, uh, more unique with it, depending on, you know, how they're feeling that day. Um, so yeah, it's been, it's been really fun. I I think I told you at the beginning of the season, I was really worried about managing two Twitter accounts because, I'm pretty freaking active on my own on game day. And I was like, how am I supposed to be switching back and forth? Um, so many thanks to everyone that follows. If you don't follow, we'd love to have you. Um, and we'd love to follow you back. We're a one for one site. Mm-hmm. Um, so you will always have a new follower with us. Um, and yeah, please submit your photos. Um, you know, I'd love to keep it around next season. Hopefully we'll be in the stadium and uh, back to normal routines by then but um it is a fun way for everyone again just to kind of come together um in this weird year and still feel like they have the community and the excitement around game day even if they aren't physically in tuscaloosa or at the game right um so yeah so yeah that's it's out for the time yeah it really just underscores how much game day is an event and even though you know it's like an all-day thing remember i'm sure you got this feeling the first time you went to new york and you talked to your new york friends and they asked you, oh, so what are you doing Saturday? And you were just like, what do you, what do you mean? T- <laughs> uh, Tide's on at 3.30. What, what, <laughs> what are you talking about? So it, it's great that, you know, we've kind of brought game day to everyone. Um, I say we, it's you. It's all you. I don't do anything with it. Um, but I, I, I will say. You're a loyal content provider. We have to, we are nothing without the people who give us content. And you are very dedicated each week. And we appreciate that. What, what do you want to give a quick shout out, um, you know, to a potential trivia answer later on down the line. Um, the person that designed the fits out for the tide logo is the same person who designed the Brian and colonial logo. Yes. Miss Cassidy Anderson. Um, if anyone needs some logo graphic design work, she is the top tier. Um, also lives in New York city. Another shout out. Um, <laughs> and she's absolutely wonderful. So Yes. Yeah, fun fact for later. Um, but also, we're plugging her uh, little entrepreneurial business. So yeah. hit us up. Pay, or hit her up. Pay Cassidy for graphic design. She's great. Uh, she's on Twitter at CassAnderson22. So just need graphic design help, you know, hit her up, and she'll give you great work. Now, Esther, this is the Iron Bowl episode. Um, and I know you were born into it, and you've been going to games forever, but – when did you first realize how much you hated Auburn? Oh, wow. Okay. I, I was actually talking to someone about this earlier today. So the first vivid memory of hate, and I mean like seething through my body, running through my veins, just like out of seeping out of every pore mm-hmm. was 
I don't remember a specific year, but it was, you know, the fear of the thumb shit. Like they'd beaten us, you know, five, six years in a row. Mm-hmm. And I went to school. I grew up in Montgomery, Alabama. And um, I went to a private school. And that only matters because we wore uniforms every day, except for Iron Bowl game day. Um, so it was the Wednesday before the Iron Bowl, which is always Thanksgiving weekend. They would let us, you could pay like $2. Um, and they would let you wear an Auburn or an Alabama t-shirt to school. And so obviously I show up in my little crimson mm-hmm. and, um, that was a bold move back then again, because we were hot garbage. Mm-hmm. Um, and Auburn was beating us back to back to back. And of course that's the only game that matters to them. So they were just eating it up. Mm-hmm. And I remember the kids picking on me and just telling me how Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Stupid and lame and awful Alabama was and how, you know, they were going to beat us again and, you know, it was just going to turn into uh, Auburn beating Alabama for the rest of our lives. Like, I mean, they like made my life hell. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember going home and telling my mother, like individually name by name that I like hated them and, <laughs> you know, got the list, like, wanted... Stark. yes, no, as a young child, I felt the first like, and like distaste for like a person in my life. Um, 
Uh, yeah, I went to of when my first Iron Bowl was because it was actually I was um, much older than I you would think I was I would think I was I think I was like 15 okay um and it was at Auburn my first one but we won thank God oh was that the uh Roy Upchurch game oh yes yes it was oh yes it was that was circa 2000 and I think it was 09 right nine yes yes it was that sounds right um and i would have been 15 so correct math there um and yeah that's the first time i remember like who the f are these people and of course i live 30 minutes from auburn so everyone in montgomery's an auburn fan we were like the ugly stepchild in all of our crimson in alabama mm-hmm. um and anyway i'm the one laughing now cuz ooh well, that streak ended and the tides have turned, pun intended. Are, are we sure about that? Because, you know, Gus Malzahn, he's doing such a great, I mean, a couple of years ago, they gave him an extension. Such a great job. Uh, gave him that <laughs> extension, you know, after winning an Iron Bowl, that certainly mattered. Um, and yeah, not, it, things are going great for him. You know, they're just they're doing. Yes. Well, don't you remember the photo from his home last year of the huge SEC West champions? blown up on wall at his own home because that is what he is most proud of is that they've won the West before. Um got their ass beat by Georgia in the SC championship, but they didn't mention that obviously. No. Um and then yeah, they're like silly little state of Auburn plaques and all of the funny things that they've put in their athletic facilities and in their football, you know, locker room. Mm-hmm recruiting space that's just like the fanciest way to spin the fact that you really haven't done much we beat Bama every now and then that's it that's the entire claim to fame no i mean that's why they keep extending his contract and honestly i'm here for it like let's just 20 more years i say go for it if look if i ever find out that coach saban put a mural of an sec west championship in his home because i'm i'm just gonna stop watching football that, that's gonna be it for me i won't be able to do it anymore i don't know how auburn fans do it um watching this yeah the the little brother syndrome is i know they like to say that isn't real and you mm-hmm. know they're the state of auburn even though they're in georgia whatever, <laughs> I, I have no idea where that came from but um, yeah, I mean, I, I do have hope that Alabama was never headed in that direction mm-hmm. when Scott Cochran busted the second place national championship trophy and was like, we don't F and play for second place. Um, and I realized he is gone and we don't really speak of him anymore. But in that moment, I was like, okay, thank God. We're better than that. Right. Yeah. Gus is, and the entire program is just, I don't, I've, I've been to Auburn for the Iron Bowl one time. I'm, I'm so glad we won it because I do not know if like how I would have like mentally taken it if we lost. Have you ever been to Jordan Hare for an Iron Bowl? Oh, have I? Um, so I've been to two that we won. were good fun because I just had the biggest friggin' grin on my face walking out. Right. Um, and again, I don't say anything anymore. Um, I mean, Obviously on Twitter, I'm running my mouth, but in person, I just let the, the color of my outfit and my shaker speak for itself mm-hmm. as we're walking out. I was so 
in Jordan Hare for the kick six. Mm. So that sucked. Yep. And I swore after that game I would never go back to an Iron Bowl in Auburn because, first of all, that place just sucks. Uh, like, And I'm not even saying that as an Alabama fan. I'm saying that as a like third-party individual just like showing up in a college town and judging it. Yeah, it's awful. It's not, it's not a fun place. It really is. Not a great place. Um, so, yeah, I was on the front row of the Alabama student section for the 2013 Iron Bowl in the opposite end zone where Chris Davis received the ball. And then all I saw was like everyone cheering, had no idea what was going on. And then like untouched running down the sideline, Chris Davis. And I was like, great. Uh, that, that moment was just, I don't, I'm pretty sure. I mean, you were there obviously, but if you ask any Alabama fan, they can tell you exactly where they were when that happened. Yeah. I would have given anything to be anywhere other than that, but, but I was there, so, Ugh. um, you know, it happens sometimes. Yeah, um, you know, good for- we've had our own, our second and twenty six. Like I, I will never shut up about that. They'll never shut up about the kick six. You know, it sometimes it's your day, and sometimes it's not. Well, you know, so good for Auburn. We've all moved on. Good for Auburn because they've done so much since then too. Um, yeah, and they've really accomplished a lot as a program, and I'm really proud of them. You know. As you know, as as older siblings tend to be, you know, you you really just want to see your little brother succeed every now and then. So good for them. I'm really happy for them. Yes, especially that 2013 season when they went on to the national championship and won. Mm-hmm. That was really impressive. I was happy for them. That was great, of course, because they definitely went on and did. <laughs> um, so definitely won. So for sure. What was your favorite Iron Bowl that you've ever attended, or just your favorite Ooh. Iron Bowl in general? You didn't have to go there, but just your favorite one. Period. Yeah, so gotta be honest, favorite Iron Bowl, but also one that I attended was fifty five forty four in Tuscaloosa. Um, it was obviously a shootout, like pretty freaking stressful the whole time. Um, but honestly, the way that we responded to everything, so impressive. The way I mean it was my senior year, it was my last game in Brian Denny, so it was, just had a lot of emotion around it because of that mm-hmm. in general. Um, I remember the stadium being absolutely electric. Um, there's a few games that I can remember from um, both being in school, but also uh, just, you know, random trips back home where the stadium was just on another level. And that was one of them. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'd have to say, what was that, 2014? Mm-hmm. That and that was after kick six, so we were ready to lay it on. That them. game day was perfect. I remember the weather was really nice that day and – um, it's just, you know, my entire life, as long as I can remember, the Iron Bowl was at 2.30 uh, Central, period. And, you know, your entire, you know, college career, it's like up to that point and even after that, it's just been at 2.30, which is good. I think that's good for college football when that game was on at the same time every year. But that one was at night. And the thing is, when you are tailgating for a college football game, you normally structure things around saying, like, okay, cool. I need to be ready to walk into the stadium at 1.15 if the game's at 2.30. I have to leave my tailgate at 1.15. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how I operated throughout the day. And then 1.15 hit, and it was like, I got to do this for four and a half more hours. So there was- <laughs> <laughs> so tailgating was fun. I think that's one of the most fun times I've ever had at a tailgate and just, you know, the stadium was electric. Like you felt it walking to the stadium, 
walking in, getting to your seat, and just there was just a different buzz in the air. I'd been to Iron Bowls before, but there was nothing like that. There hadn't been anything like that since, really. Um, shoot out. We came back. We were down, too. People forget that. Blake was throwing picks all over the place, but uh, – He was. But, yeah. It was it – was- Stressful. I, I that part doesn't that part doesn't escape me at all. I remember biting my nails, biting my friend's nails. We were all just like grabbing each other, like with white knuckles. But um, honestly, the win was so satisfying, yes. and that was the first season of the playoff. And so mm-hmm. that was us moving on to go to the SC championship, and then go on to the playoff, which we won't talk about. But um, it was just. It was again. It had a lot of sentimentality around it, just because of what year it was for me specifically. But um, right. that was a good one. Also, the game that got Dixieland Delight banned for yes, <laughs> yes, we were. That was the game where we started the fuck Auburn every break, regardless of what the like call and response is supposed to be. It just was fuck Auburn, fuck Auburn, fuck Auburn. Um, which was, I gotta say, like personally, like very satisfying and like close to the heart. Um, but yes, we, we did ourselves in that day. That, you know, the fuck Auburn every break is near and dear to my heart and they've tried it a few times then, and it's been good, but it's, it almost seems planned or whatever, but it was, I mean, you remember it was spontaneous. You just kind of, it just yes. came out of nowhere. <laughs> yes, And everyone did it. It's like everyone knew mm-hmm. what everyone was thinking and it was so loud. You could hear it. Probably for miles. I mean, I don't even know, but I felt like we were the shot around the world. I'm just imagining, you know, the the brave people that stay at, on the quad and watch over their tailgates and they watch scams on TV. Mm-hmm. I'm just imagining them <laughs> just like, you know, they're just kind of enjoying it and they just hear like 18 fuck Auburns in a row from the stadium. Just, you know, a magical night, really. And um, and then we killed Dixon Lund's life for four years. <laughs> because of that night. Uh, All right. So uh, I'll never forget it. So before I let you go, uh, I, I do need a prediction for the game this weekend. The line is, I think, Alabama minus 25. Um, so what do you honestly think is going to happen in the game this weekend? Ooh, great question. So what I know about Auburn, um, I don't watch them much. I just don't care. Obviously, I cheer against them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, this weekend, of course, this past weekend they played Tennessee. So I really didn't care. I really just wanted a meteor to like show up. Mm-hmm. Um, stars fell in Alabama round two. Um, <laughs> but what I do know about them is they're pretty freaking average, um, on both sides of the ball. Um, you know, Bo Nicks, terrible father, terrible quarterback, um, I know they had a lot of injuries and they've had some opt-outs this season. So, I mean, what I know is that we're going to win. Um, and what I also know is that they have prepared all season for this game and this game only, which is probably why they've been so like average till now. Um, so, I mean, I do think they're going to come out hot. They always do. Um, you know, the games in Tuscaloosa, that gives me, um, you know, a lot of confidence, but also uh, just what am I trying to say? I, you know, I think our guys are comfortable and um, ready. So none of that really worries me. Um, in terms of a prediction, let me go 
38, obviously. And I'm going to go 17, Auburn. 38-17. Okay, so you think Auburn covers? I do think Auburn covers. You remember what that um, nice man told us at American Whiskey last year. Good teams win, great teams cover. Uh, I, you know, people are saying that. <laughs> people are saying that. And I do think we're a great team, mm-hmm. again, but I think Auburn plays lights out this game because it's the only thing that matters to them in the entire world. Um, mm-hmm. And not that they could ruin our – or, you know, not that if they beat us, it ruins our season in the sense of we don't go to the SEC championship or win the West. It's nothing like that. We're going, we're going to Atlanta. Right. Um, but to them, just being the black eye on our season is all they care about. And again, I think they, I think they play strong, um, at the beginning because they're amped up. And then I think depending on how the game goes, if we put in some, you know, uh, second string, then, you know, there's some backdoor cover nonsense that, that could happen. Um, I mean, I think we win handily, but I, right. I don't necessarily see us covering. So, and maybe that's maybe that's a bad tide fan in me, but I've been burnt a lot of times before by these people. So, <laughs> I kind of have a feeling it's going to weirdly be like 14-10 Alabama at halftime or something like strangely close and then in the second half we just blow the doors off. No, I, I mean we are we are a second half team. Um so I I hope that is the case. I mean, in my, you know, uh, unprofessional opinion. Yes. Um, and if I bring emotion into it, I hope that the score is like, you know, 69 zero, exactly. but exactly that. Not even exactly, exactly that. Yeah. Like no more, no less, just 69 zero. Um, but sadly, you know, I think they're going to score on some fluke, something, um, Auburn Jesus will be alive and well as he normally is. Um, and we'll see. Yep. So, Esther, before we leave, I do want to tell the story of, you know, how we actually became friends because it is genuinely one of the funniest, um, you know, moments I've ever had <laughs> watching an Alabama game. So it was – we were at East Point, a great, you know, unofficial Alabama alumni bar in New York City. And um, I was there with a few friends. We are just grabbing brunch before the Bama game, um, just hanging out, chilling. And um, Esther was there as well, you know, with her squad. And Alabama's blowing the doors off of Ole Miss. It's the game where Smitty had five touchdowns. And so pretty much, you know, as that game is sort of like, you know, in the ending up or whatever, Clemson is, you know, having the fight of their life against North Carolina. And at this point, I have left my seat in the bar and I'm just like standing up in the middle of like the walkway watching Clemson struggle to beat UNC and I just look to my right, and then I look down a little bit, and I just see someone, the only other person invested at all in Clemson losing, the only other person like yelling as loud as I am in this bar. And then we say, like, you're Esther from Twitter, right? And she's like, oh, my God, you're Kevin from Twitter, right? And just, you know, friendship immediately from there. And um, Esther's been one of my real good friends ever since then. It's over a year ago now, which is crazy to think about. But um, oh wow, yes, our friend anniversary was what middle of September, right? Yep, yep, uh, late September actually. But yeah, just um, it's been you know Esther's one of the one of the great Twitter follows you will have if you are um, you know in the realm of Bama Twitter. Highly recommend it. Uh, but before we sign off, um, for good, Esther, if you have any parting shots. At Auburn or Clemson, I got a few. Um, (laughs) 
got a lot, but some of them are not appropriate for this family-friendly um, entertainment. So I'll keep it brief. Um, we were talking about how I was screaming bloody murder at the Clemson, North Carolina game, mm-hmm. um, which for many reasons, I wanted North Carolina to win. I have friends that, you know, go and work at North Carolina, go to and work at North Carolina. Um, I also hate them for beating us in the national championship. So, you know, there's some pent up, uh, mm-hmm. angst over that still, but most of all, most of all, I Dabo. Mm-hmm. I am on the never Dabo train. I am quickly becoming the president, you know, CEO and founder. Where wherever I fit into the leadership team is great because I cannot imagine we hire him. The things that have already come out of his mouth. Him bringing that to Alabama, I just, I, I, it's, I have no place for it in Tuscaloosa. I think, personally, I love Lane Kiffin. You know that. Everyone knows that. Mm-hmm. Follows me or just like has anything to do with me. So never Dabo number one since we brought up North Carolina, UNC, um, but also Auburn ain't shit. Obsey books. So that's my parting words there. Love to hear it, folks. That was Esther Scott Workman. Follow her on Twitter at Esther Scott. Uh, thanks again for listening to part two of Brian and Colonial. Part three is coming your way right about now.